Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial Agcast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. I'm your host, Brady Brewer, and joining me today is Maria Marshall, professor and director of the Purdue Center for Family Business, Renee Wyatt, family business management specialist, and Kelly Heckman, area director for Purdue Extension. On today's episode, we will be discussing contingency planning. Uh, so this episode of the podcast kicks off a series that we will be doing here on the Purdue Commercial AgCast on contingency planning. So we will be introducing what is a contingency plan, and then we will also be diving in to how a contingency plan applies to the human resource side of a farm business. Uh, before we get into this topic, I just want to remind everyone that the materials discussed during this podcast is based on a course called the Six Pillars of Farm Risk Management. Uh, this is funded by the North Central Risk Management Extension Education Center. And you can also find all of these materials on the Purdue Institute for Family Businesses website. Uh, go to the tab with um, on strategic business planning as well as contingency planning. And that website is purdue.ag backslash fambiz. So I want to kick us off here. Uh, Renee, I'll, I'll ask you first. So what is a contingency plan and what are the steps of contingency planning for a farm business? Sure. Um, so when we think about a contingency plan, what we're really doing is we're trying to plan for those unexpected events that will inevitably happen. So a business contingency plan is that set of procedures that really defines how a business is going to continue operating during that disruption, whatever that looks like. Um, and to recover its critical functions. So that's recovering the things that have to get done in the event of an unplanned disruption to normal activities. So for example, if there's some kind of weather event and you have livestock, those livestock still have to be fed, right? They still have to be cared for in that way. That would be a critical function. Maybe you don't transport those livestock to the market like you were planning to do that week, but they still need to be kept alive. They need, you know, that minimum functioning, those are the critical functions. And a contingency plan lays out these steps that you can take when something happens um, so that everybody's on the same page so that you can make sure your business maybe doesn't do a lot of selling or anything like that, but make sure your business doesn't go under because of this disruption. Um, and when we're looking at those steps, um, the first step in the contingency plan would be the risk assessment. So that's where you go through and look at the risk that your business has in these different facets. You're going to look at threats, which are like events or situations that could cause financial or operational impact. So things that'll um, hurt your cash flow, how you operate your business, things like that. Um, when you're analyzing risk, you have to look at those physical and financial assets that your business owns. And then mitigating factors. So protection devices that you may have, procedures, safeguards in place um, that can reduce the risk and the effects of threats. Um, so we can think of maybe um, having a generator, having a backup generator. That could be some kind of mitigating factor that could help. Um, but you want to think about all these things when you're looking at analyzing risk. Um, next, you need to look at your business impact. <clears throat> and analyze that. So you can think about three different facets of this business impact. You can think about operating impact. So that's where you lose your ability to operate your business and efficiently run your business. You think about financial impact. So that could be like loss of customers, 
um, increased costs of temporary help, cash flow problems, these financial impacts that your business could have given an event. And then you have to think about legal impacts. So maybe you have um, contracts that aren't being fulfilled with customers or suppliers or vendors. Um, you can think about that financial impact of that event and how, how you're going to get through that. Um, next, step three in a contingency plan is um, we think about risk management strategies and tools. So um, there's different strategies that we can take when we think about risk. There's four, four main ones that we like to touch on. We've got risk avoidance. So that requires the business to take actions to um, really avoid or evade these risky situations. Um, for example, if there's ice on the roads, don't drive on the icy roads, right? That's risk avoidance. Um, next, we have risk reduction. So the business takes action that kind of build an extra degree of safety into the situation, but they're not necessarily avoiding that risk. Um, so to go back to the driving example, if the, if the roads are icy and you have to drive, just drive slowly, right? That's reducing your risk. Um, risk anticipation. This basically promotes self-insurance within a business. So this is saying, you know, we're going to try to protect ourselves. We know there's risks. We're anticipating those risks. So um, go back to that driving example. So maybe wear a seatbelt, be extra alert, crack your window so you make sure you stay awake on those icy roads, you know. And then lastly, we have risk transfer. So when we think about risk transfer in businesses, this is where we're really depending on the use of our insurance. So we're, we're literally taking that risk that our business would be faced with and we're transferring it to a different unit and obviously paying for that transfer um, as well. Um, the fourth step in that contingency plan would be to think about our risk management goals. So you have to think about how much risk can your business take on? Um, what are your goals? in your business how can you how can you think about um taking those goals and putting them into your contingency plan to make sure that you're covered you have to involve key family and employees to make sure everybody's covered in this contingency plan um and lastly and probably most importantly is you have to document the plan it doesn't help if you go through all these steps you do all these thought exercises where you're thinking how can we <clears throat> how can we manage risk in our business and have a contingency plan if you don't write it down and if you don't share it with the people involved in your business and with your family, it, it's really useless. So it's very important that we make sure that once we have this plan in place, we communicate with our family and our business employees and that we get that plan out there and start implementing that plan. So Renee, it sounds like this is a, a pretty comprehensive risk analysis of your farm business, right? And you know, when I typically think of risk in a business side or especially on the farm side, I think of crop insurance, right? And now you mentioned that, you mentioned insurance, but this is a whole lot more risk that we're talking about than just crop failure. This is other aspects that impact any uh, any aspect of the business itself. Yes, that's correct. And we, I mean, I'm sure we can give you a lot of examples. I'm sure you're, you'll hear some examples through this, but um, yeah, crop, um, having a weather event or a crop failure is not the only risk to farms, that's for sure. Now, your, your step five, you, you mentioned the documenting the plan. Why is it so important to document uh, what you're going to do if, if something bad happens to your farm operation? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you think about it, in times of crisis, in times of disruption, people don't always think clearly. So if you have that plan written down that you can go back to, you know, and look at and say, okay, what are these critical functions that we have to do? Maybe the owner is hurt and he or she can't guide 
you know, their business forward like they normally do. We need to have people able to access the plan who say, okay, these are the things that need to get done. We need to move forward. And then we can worry about these other things later. So having a document there to, to default to is very helpful. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Renee, but I always think clearly in times of stress and, and disasters. So uh, I, I can definitely understand having a checklist, having hey, a plan in place for, hey, if, if X bad event happens, this is what we already have planned. And, and my guess is that it may not always work out how you have it planned, but at least you have an initial uh, you know, strategy in place to, to get started quickly to resolve the situation. Yep, that's exactly right. That's the that's the goal of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So that's an overview of what contingency planning is. We're we're doing a risk assessment, and we are planning for what what do we do if something bad happens. Now let's apply this to human resources. So, Kelly, I'll I'll ask you this: How does what are some of the bad things that can happen when it comes to human resources? On you know, and so. How do we need to be thinking about contingency planning when it comes to HR? Well, Brady, um, what we typically talk about in farm management, um, sometimes you'll hear referred to as the four D's or the five D's. Um, and those are, we'll, we'll go with five today, uh, death, disability, uh, disaster, divorce, and disagreement. So um, these are all things that unfortunately have a high probability of happening. Um, at, at some point and not when uh, we expect them to happen. So this is an opportunity a little bit like Renee talked about, about having those conversations um, when we're not highly stressed, when we're not as uh, emotional um, and, and sitting down a, as a family, um, business owners, the management team, what would we do if this key person um, uh, unfortunately passes away unexpectedly? What would be the impact um, to our business? And, you know, th those are things um, I, I have a family that they, um, unfortunately didn't have that conversation in advance. And then a death happened to a key member of the management team. Um, and then decisions, crucial decisions were made that uh, looking back five, 10 years later, um, they probably regretted they made those decisions, but at the height of emotion um, and needing to make uh, up some critical roles from that person who unfortunately passed away, um, had unfortunate long-term consequences to the business. Um, disability, uh, you know, those are things that can happen um, very quickly, very um, unfortunately. Um, and then, you know, the other thing here, uh, divorce, um, you know, how often do we hear um, people, oh, we'll never get divorced. It will never impact my family, my farm operation. Um, in reality, we know 50% of marriages on average end in divorce. Um, and there is nothing that says that our farm families are exempt from that statistic. And again, just having those conversations, the what if. This is just good business um, planning. Um, and again, it, it's a risk management strategy to think about what, what are the what ifs that could happen here and how do we have to be prepared? Um, I know when I, I work with a lot of families talking about succession planning, part of that risk management piece on the human resource side is what's your buy-sell agreement? What, what does it take if someone wants to exit the business, have that discussion now rather than waiting till when it happens? Because like you said, Brady, when you're stressed, 
you don't make the best decisions. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes what happens is when we don't take the time to invest in these discussions is unfortunately, um, we may be liquidating the farm um, instead of keeping it in the family like we would like to. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it sounds to me like, you know, what we're going for here is to to have a plan in place. So you mentioned the, the disability or injury that unfortunately happens. I can imagine a scenario where a particular farm worker or a family member gets injured, can't work, and, you know, no one, you know, time is already short for most of us, right, or all of us, in, in actually, uh, but, you know, someone has to take over the duties that they had on the farm, and, and being able to say, hey, you committed to this, uh, remember when we talked about this, you committed to it, you know, can go a long way, to, in, in my mind, to A, not, not only just make it a smooth transition, but but increase the communication and, and avoid some of that conflict that may that may occur, right? Exactly. We, you know, and again, it circles back to communication. Maybe sometimes uh, those of us in agriculture are not, that's not our best attribute, but we have to work really hard to make sure it is. Um, and when you think about someone, I think about mom, right? Mom does all the books that say for the, for the farm. Um, mom, unfortunately gets sick and she's no longer there and, someone's got to be able to pay the bills, right? And, and take care of all those functions. So it's really critical that someone knows what mom does every day um, in that role so they can step in if they need to. It doesn't mean, right, that we want mom to step aside. We just want to make sure someone can also um, help us out if mom unfortunately um, has a, a short-term disability. So you mentioned what the the role and responsibility that mom had in that example. So I want to turn now to Maria, because that brings up the topic of job descriptions, right? And, you know, uh, full disclaimer to the listeners of this podcast, a university is uh, not a good contingency plan. Uh, you know, we're, we're large, we have a lot of colleagues and a lot of coworkers. If something happened to me, I doubt Maria knows what I do on a daily basis. Um, and it would probably take a steep learning curve or, or at least a, an adjustment period. So, you know, Maria, I want to ask you, you know, we don't exactly know what mom does, but why does job descriptions and, and having a well-defined role for people in, in that job description, how does that play into contingency planning? Well, sure. Well, I can't think Kelly said it really well when she said, you know, you want to make sure that somebody knows what those key functional roles are. You might not know everything, but, um, you know, part of that contingency plan is knowing what are those critical functions and who's playing those critical functions, who's playing those critical roles. And are we cross training? um people so it's mom does maybe mom does or dad does the financials or the marketing but somebody knows how to do it as well and knows the values and what th what things need to be done um I, I can just think of my personal example when i had a, a very good friend pass away and getting into emails to be able to shut down accounts so one thing that we did in my family was have a one single family account emails where all our bills went to one family account that's something that we could all probably now go back and be like, oh, does but does everything go to one person's email? Uh, all the bills go to one person's email. And then do you need to hack into their email? Not that we want to hack, but hack into their email if you don't know the password and to get to those bills. So it's like it's it can be, you know, we tend to think of this as like in a crisis moment, but job descriptions go to it's an HR issue, right? We're talking about human resource risk. 
So it's a human resource question of how would you know that somebody gets benefits or not? How do you know if somebody's doing their job or not? Which can then lead to a crisis, <laughs> right? So uh, contingency planning is about giving thought to those critical functions that human resource is a big part of. So it's the management error, right? Is also part of that human resource risk which is about knowing what the critical functions are and then who's doing them. And then do, are we cross training um, on, on, on who's doing that? So that in a moment of crisis, we're like, oh my goodness, uh, all of a sudden somebody needed to drive this truck somewhere. <laughs> Who knew, right? Um, so yeah, that's why it's super important to have job descriptions from you know just a business perspective, but it becomes critical when there is a crisis because you have to rely on some type of paperwork to figure out what does what are we doing or what what's missing. Yeah, I can imagine a scenario where if you only have one, if you're a farm business and you have a truck, only one person has a commercial driver's license or a CDL. Uh, something happens. Uh, that that's a pretty critical function, right? Hauling stuff to market, hauling stuff to to the elevator. That if you don't have, you know, maybe that person doesn't want to drive a truck, but Having them go get a CDL could really help out in, in a time like that. So, Maria, I want to ask a follow-up question. You mentioned benefits correctly described and this cross-training. Um, what about, you know, is this where an employee handbook can come in? And, and what, what, what are maybe some stuff that you need in that employee handbook? Well, yeah. So an employee handbook is just basically, you know, the basic rules of the business of how you're going to, how employee, what, what are the things that employees are going to have and how you're going to treat employees. So it might have information on the benefits, who gets benefits, what are the holidays, right? So it's things as you hire somebody, it's like, well, we take this many holidays off. Um, or if they don't, what are, you know, what other days compensate for those things? Um, so you don't want to have every single thing on a handbook, but the big things need to be in a handbook. Um, is there a time that, you know, are people expected to be there at a certain time? Is, is tardiness an issue, right? You want to think about hiring people um, that have these certain skills, Right. And so a handbook is not going to have the skills of everybody, but it's going to have things of like, well, people need to be there on time. Um, or, you know, if things need, if a truck needs to be driven and somebody comes in three hours late every single time, that's an issue. Right. So there, there are things about dress. Maybe you have that people might need to have appropriate dress depending on what kind of job they have. It's an important function. Um, how people will treat each other it may be something that you want to have in a handbook. So those are the things that would go into an, an employee uh, an employee handbook. So how how basically do you want to guide your business and employees on how things are going to be done in your business? Okay. So last follow up here, and and Renee, I'll I'll pitch this question to you. A common theme that I've heard from all three of you, as we've discussed here today, is, um, you know, th there's parts of contingency planning that sound an awful lot like succession planning, or, or at least succession planning plays a very important role uh, in having a plan when something goes bad. So how is succession planning a part of this, and, and how does it help contingency planning? Um, so I would say from our experience, like succession planning, contingency planning is also difficult to get farmers to engage in. They don't want to think about those events happening or those transitions going on, but they do have a lot of interplay. And um, if you have a contingency plan, that kind of sets you up to start your succession plan and to, to move forward with that. I mean, um, 
Kelly talked about the five D's, you know, death, disability, you know, if that death does occur unexpectedly, having a succession plan in place and a contingency plan in place are going to help your business, first of all, function in the first month or so after that event occurs, which is probably that critical time, but also see your business through for years to come. So these things are very intertwined and they really help um, ensure the longevity and sustainability of a farm business moving forward. So that concludes our discussion on contingency planning and also contingency planning applied to human resource risk. I just want to remind all the listeners, for more economic information, uh, visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu backslash commercial ag, or you can go to the Purdue Institute for Family Businesses website at purdue.ag backslash FAMBiz. You can also find both centers on Twitter. Uh, Purdue Institute for Family Business is at Purdue FAMBiz, and the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture is at PU Commercial Ag. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture and the Purdue Institute for Family Business, I'm Brady Brewer, and we thank you for listening. 